This is a Locker Room Production. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Michael the Hebrew Hammer Brown, and we are here live on Locker Room for another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take podcast. Once again, my name is Michael the Hebrew Hammer Brown, and we are live here to recap the Rockets' win this evening, which we have not been able to say very many times uh, this year. Uh, We have an absolutely jam-packed show uh, this evening to talk about all things Rockets versus Clippers. Bill Warrell, he has uh, retired uh, from broadcasting, it seems like, for uh, the very you know, near future or rest of this, you know, his career. So uh, we have a lot to discuss here tonight. If you are tuning in with us here on Locker Room, make sure to uh, hop in, you know, request the talk. I'm here to stay with all of our dream take listeners. As long as you guys would like to have a conversation about tonight's game, uh, I am here to talk all things uh, end of the season for the Rockets, Clippers game tonight, Bill Worrell. Uh, I do have some uh, thoughts on um, trying to go to the game tonight with my very wonderful girlfriend, uh, Mary Elizabeth. And the Toyota Center wanted $95 per ticket, even at halftime, just to get into the building. So uh, that sucked. So uh, we will talk about that at some point this show as well. Uh, but like I said, come in, come hang out uh, with me here on Locker Room, and let's talk all things Houston Rockets. Jonathan says, for lower bowl or upper bowl? Yeah, let's talk about this real quick, okay? Before we talk about the game and before we talk about Bill Worrell, literally walk up to the, the ticket window at Toyota Center, and we were like, look, we just want two tickets to get into the building. They wanted $90, okay? $90 a ticket. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, the team is coming into the night. They're 16 and 54, and they want $90 a ticket. Literally, my shorts almost came off at the friggin' window. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, there's no way you actually want $90 a ticket. The lady was dead serious. So we go get some dinner. Uh, We come back. And and Jonathan in the the group chat is right. Uh, I literally were like, okay, yeah, that's not happening. So we're like, all right, let's go to dinner. We'll go back and see what they want at halftime. And then they want the same amount of money. And I said, the game is already halfway over, and you're going to charge me the same amount of – us the same amount of money at halftime as you are, you know, as you did at the beginning of the game? Like, get the hell out of here. Don't don't come to me with that weak stuff. And you know what? I hate to say this. The first thing that popped into my mind was this is a cash grab for Tillman. Like, Tillman just wants all the money that he can because he can't have a full stadium. And it's sad because so many stadiums are doing this now and it sucks. And COVID is, it, it's, you can't help COVID. Like there's nothing that you can do to, to take away the impact that COVID has had on all of these sports teams, but you show up and we're like, okay, you know, we're willing to pay a decent amount of money to go into the game, but $90 a ticket to see a 16 and 54 team. Like, I love my Rockets, but that's just, in Jake Mountford's words, that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, So, shame on Toyota Center and shame on whoever made 
the ticket price for tonight. That's just ridiculous. Uh, and Jay does point out that that is $5.29 per win. Uh, anybody listening to the show right now, if you guys would like to uh, pop in and come talk some Rockets basketball with me, you guys are obviously more than welcome. Uh, once again, the Houston Rockets won a game tonight, 122 to 115 over uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. Before you get too excited about that, um, when you look at who played for the Clippers tonight and who did not play for the Clippers tonight, uh, Morris only played nine minutes. Zubak only played three minutes. But Rondo did play 28 minutes. Uh, Luke Kennard played 41 minutes, who's one of their more high-priced um, uh, free agents that they, they brought in on their team. Uh, Nicholas Batum played 15 minutes. Patrick Patterson played 15, 30 minutes. Ibaka played 17 minutes. Our old friend DeMarcus Cousins played 17 minutes. Uh, so you look at, you know, Paul George didn't play. Kawhi uh, Leonard did not play. Um, Patrick Beverly did not play. So they had a lot of guys that didn't play. They still scored 115 points. Uh, but what a way for the Rockets to go out with Bill Worrell tonight with a win. Uh, I mean, a pretty convincing 122 to 115 win. Uh, they they played well from the beginning of the game until the end. They were up at halftime. They were up at the end of the third, and they, they finished it out in the fourth. Uh, for the Rockets, uh, Kelly Olenek scored 20 points and uh, had 11 assists, and he also had nine rebounds. Uh, good night for him. Uh, Kyrie Thomas had another 17 points, 8 of 11 from the field. The Rockets signed him to a multi-year uh, deal. This is a guy to watch out for. And so many times, guys like Ryan and guys like Jake here on the, the post-game shows have asked, you know, Jeremy and myself and Ray, uh, when Ray has hopped on, on, you know, guys that were excited about moving forward. Kyrie Thomas is at the top of the list for me. The dude just does so many things well, and he's only going to get better. And Bill and Matt were talking about tonight the fact that the the uh, what's it called? They, they they were talking about the fact that this game is slowing down for the Rockets rookies at this point. Guys like Jay uh, Jay Sean Tate, um, uh, KJ Martin, things like you know guys like that. And it's true. I mean, the game is slowing down for these guys, and it's awesome to see. Uh, Nick Oliver said Clippers straight up tanking to avoid the presumed Lakers side of the bracket. I don't think that's it at all. Um, I mean, it's Nick. I, first of all, I appreciate the commentary. I, I appreciate the back and forth. Um, I don't think so. I don't think that's it at all. I don't think the Clippers are scared of anybody. I think the Clippers are just resting their guys because this is useless wins or games for them towards the end of the season. Don't risk any injury. The Rockets needed a win tonight more than the Clippers wanted a win. So once again, the Rockets wanted a win more than the Clippers needed a win. They just, they didn't need it. They, they didn't need it. They, they didn't fight for it. So uh, finishing off the box score breakdown here on uh, SB Nations, the Dream Shakes, the Dream Take podcast. Uh, Jay Shante, 20 points. Uh, he had, he did have five turnovers, uh, but he did have three rebounds, seven to 10 from the field. KJ Martin, 13 points, had another couple nice dunks. DJ Augustine uh, had a nice game tonight, 13 points. 17 points for Anthony Lamb, who was coming on towards the end of the season. And 
the last two games, the Rockets are one and one in their last two games. They should have beaten the Lakers. Um, let's see if they can finish off the Hawks, who are the Hawks after clinching a playoff spot. Don't have a ton to play for. I think they have a little bit to play for, in, you know, seeding-wise. Uh, but uh, the Rockets have a lot to play for on Sunday. Uh, just finishing out the year, you know, with a win. Armani Brooks, the sniper from the uh, Final Four, uh, University of Houston, uh, 2020 uh, school, had 15 points, plus 12 tonight in 35 minutes on the court. Um, I think it's time to to talk about uh, tonight was the last home game and the last broadcast uh, for Bill Worrell. Bill Worrell has been with the Rockets organization for 40 years. Uh, I mean, he is, first of all, I am 30 years old for people, you know, just tuning in, you know, to, to SB Nations, the Dream Shakes, the Dream Take podcast on a whole. I, I'm on the older, younger side. I, I've been around long enough for, to see the many facets of this team. You know, I was just getting old enough to appreciate the, um, you know, I'm just old enough to appreciate the the Rockets title runs in 94 and 95. My favorite player in the history of this team is Mario Welly. I was around for the overrated Yao Ming and Tracy McGrady era. I was there for Catino Mobley and Stevie Francis. I was there for Steve Novak and Bob Sura and Rafer Alston, Dikembe Mutombo, Shane Battier, Ron Artest, uh, you know, James Harden, Trevor Ariza, Chuck Hayes. All of these guys, um, and then we're bringing in Little Trey Wallace here on the podcast. Uh, we'll get to you in just a second, sir. But um, Bill Worrell retiring from broadcasting tonight is a huge deal for me personally. And I'm here to talk Rockets basketball in any facet with any of our amazing listeners. So, Little Trey, you have the floor, my man. How are you? Happy Friday. Oh, man. Just watching a real game. No offense to your Rockets. No offense to my Rockets. Who's your team? Oh, my team is the Bulls. Okay, so you want to come at me for being a Rockets fan, but your team has done about as much as the Rockets over the past, what, 15-some-odd years? So I, Also, I, the Lakers I, are also my favorite team. Oh, okay, so there it is. So you're really a Bulls fan, but you're when did you become a Lakers fan? I'm both fans, actually. I got you. Because okay. I'm a LeBron fan. Okay. All right. So, what do you got for my man for me tonight here on the Dream Take? Hey, just watching the the Clippers and the Rockets. Obviously, the Clippers are going to win. No offense, again. I mean, I don't don't take any offense. Even though I don't like the Clippers because I don't care what they do in the regular season. I have to see in the postseason. You got to see in the postseason. Hey, man, that that's fair. I, I still think I'm taking the Clippers over your Lakers in a playoff series this year. I think they're a better team oh. than the Lakers. In okay, they got better role players. Huh? They got better role players than the Lakers. But. Yeah, LeBron's 36, and he's got a, an injury that's not going away, and Anthony Davis can't stay healthy for an extended period of time. I think it would be a fascinating series. So you you guys think you would take the, the Clippers in a playoff series? You know, the Clippers are dangerous. I don't think they could beat the Lakers, even if it goes to seven games. Okay. Well, hey, man. Because I, I, there's only one thing. One, the Clippers are cursed. Why are they cursed? 
You don't know the Clipper curse? I mean, I've, I I don't believe in that. I think I think I'll believe in it. They can't even get to a damn conference finals. Well, I mean, I think if you're talking about... And remember when your Rockets came back from 3-1 to the Clippers? I do remember that very vividly. I was at Game 7 inside a Toyota Center. Yeah, so you know about the Clippers curse. You see this single hand. You see it with your own eyes. Well, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that their best player at the time, Chris Paul, has never done anything of significance in this league. Team wise, I think he's a fantastic individual player. But you look at the you look at the core of that team, and we brought in uh, Jonathan to speak here too. I don't believe in team curses like that because Chris, you you have a, a collection of talent on that team with yeah. DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul, and Blake Griffin, none of which have done anything team wise in this league ever. Never made to a conference finals. They had multiple right. opportunities. They failed. Absolutely. I think this is. This is the second best team that Chris Paul has played with this year in Phoenix. But I, I get your point. Um, I, I think the the more fun conversation here is the Bulls and the Rockets. Who do you feel like is on a better trajectory towards reaching a conference finals and reaching a finals in the next three to five years? Shield, the Rockets are in a rebuild. Bulls, they might get back to form next year. So Okay. Hey, yeah, okay. I well, I, I appreciate we're, we got some other callers to get to, but I appreciate you chiming in. We appreciate your uh, your support here at the Dream Tech. Yeah. All right, my man. You have a good night. Jonathan, what's up, my man? Yo, what's up, Michael? How you doing, man? Hey, man. It's a beautiful night here in Houston. The Astros kicked the Rangers' ass. The Rockets won, <laughs> and it's uh, it's a beautiful day. What you got for me tonight? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, honestly, just just two things. Um, number one, you know, shout out to Bill Royal on an amazing career. Uh, I definitely echo that sentiment. I can remember just the T-Mac to the rat calls. You know, that was kind of my first time watching the Rockets in the Stevie franchise days. And, you know, shout out to him. Um, do you have any kind of funny Bill Royal stories from pers- personally? Man, I'll tell you this. I So how old are you? John, are you on the same age range plane that I am? Nah, probably not. I'm 23. Okay, so you're a little younger. Uh, no, God, I'm a I'm no spring chicken. Um, <laughs> my my favorite Bill Warrell memory was definitely the the T Mac, the 13 points in in the 30 or 33 seconds. Second. Yeah. First of all, I'm not a McGrady guy. I've never I never have been. Like I feel like I'm a Rockets guy that is not a T Mac and McGrady guy just because I just. I think those years for the Rockets were so dramatically overrated. Um, but I love Bill's reaction during those games, during that game specifically, because he's a Houston guy, right? Yeah. Like, I went to the University of Houston. He went to the University of Houston. Thank and for the, my entire life has been, Rockets-wise, has been Bill Worrell. And I think it's in good hands with guys like Matt Bullard and Craig Ackerman and Matt Thomas. Matt Thomas has been around the organization forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, that, that game stands out for me. What I loved about Bill was Bill was always honest. Like he, he didn't, he cut through the bullshit when it came to Rockets games. He was a guy that didn't pull any punches. If you thought somebody traveled, he, he would say that they traveled. Um, he feel, even he said tonight, he wasn't the biggest fan of Scott Foster. That's because Scott Foster had the biggest bias against the Rockets, which is fully documented. We're not going to get into that tonight. Yeah, <laughs> But, like, Bill's a Houston guy, and it's so 
hard to find those types of guys that stay with this franchise. Not with this franchise. With a franchise for this long. Like, it just doesn't happen, man. Like, it doesn't. You know, Calvin Murphy's the same way. Like, Calvin Murphy was run out of the organization for a while dealing with some personal issues, but he's come back. He's gotten past all that, and he's a rocket forever. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, like, I I don't know what you – I want to get your thoughts. I want to get everybody else's thoughts on this, too, that think about what the Rockets over the past 18 months have lost in their organization. Whew, man. You lost Russell Westbrook, who is balling right now in Washington. You lost Mike D'Antoni, your head coach. You've lost your general manager. You've lost your CEO. Uh, you've lost your forty-year uh, color co- or your your broadcaster and Bill Worrell. So Tad Brown is gone. Bill's gone. And yet the owner of this team goes out and does an interview because he can't just keep his mouth shut about how excited he is for the future and this and that. As a fellow Rockets fan, how do you feel about the amount of turnover that this team has had over the past eighteen months? Oh man, I mean it's it's undoubtedly concerning. I mean, there's just like there's no way to put it. I mean, when you see that much like you know talent drain out your organization in that short period of time, I mean it's it is kind of scary. But you know I, that kind of leads me into like the next thing. You know, just thinking about the new young talented, you know, new general manager Rafael Stone, uh, coach and Steven Silas, and you know, hopefully you know someone to just keep Fertitta in check. Um, you know, I, I think there's definitely been a leadership drain. You know, I think for as much as, you know, a lot of us didn't like Russ and, you know, I guess how he played or even CB3 and how he played and, you know, of course, losing Harden. And we kind of hoped that John Wall would kind of take that, you know, leadership mantle. But as someone, you know, mentioned in the comments, it seems like the buyout is just a matter of time. So I guess how do I feel, I guess, going forward? I mean, it's tough when you're the worst team in the league. But I'm actually pretty optimistic. Like, you know, as long as I've been alive, the Rockets have never really been a rebuilding team. And to kind of go through it is pretty humbling. And I think he- here, here's what's going to be the marker of, okay, was this a successful rebuild or not? A lot of it is contingent on the Nets picks. But I think it's just we don't want to go through what Philly went through with three, four, five straight years of tanking. You know, we saw it with the Astros. We don't want that again. If we keep this draft pick, hopefully, you know, it's out of our hands. But if we keep this pick, sign some good contracts, got some nice young talent with Brooks, KJ, Tate, so all boys, the boys. Yeah, it could, real, be, it could be good. I want to touch on, on something that you said before I forget. The contracts, all right? Ownership has to prove it to me. Like, I'm, I'm a guy that – there's a lot this year and it's not to rain. You're always going to get an honest assessment out of me. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to be, you know, politically correct. I'm going to call it as I see it. Right. Yeah. What I have felt this entire year is that, and I, I witnessed it first, firsthand tonight. It's a total cash grab right now with the Rockets. Like the ownership is desperate for cash. You don't charge people $90 to see the worst team in the league at halftime. It is what it is, right? Like, I get it, but you're not getting any of my money. This offseason, they better go sign a free agent. And I'm talking a big free agent. I'm not talking about, you know, hundred. they don't have to be $100 million plus. But go spend money this offseason. That's how I – go sign Kelly Olenek. Go sign John Collins. 
prove to us that they deserve fans like you and I, Jonathan. Because right now they don't. You're the worst team in the league. You don't deserve to have us watching every single game and living and dying by every single shot. You just don't. You know, so that's so it, that's it is, where I'm at with it. Y- you have a point. You have a point because Tillman has not proven to Rockets fans that he is committed to winning. Like I mean, no, that's just straight up. And but it, we, it, it will be a very interesting thing. And you know, I, I'm not even trying to stress over the lottery because again, it's out of our hands. It's a 52-48 chance. But hopefully, if we keep the pick. Let's say it's top three or top four, who knows, and we have a potential franchise player. We don't want to make that same mistake that New Orleans did when they got AD, and they're like, okay, we can start competing immediately. Let's trade away our picks and get Drew Holiday, and like they got to the yep. second round one time in seven years. But point. at the same time, you know, you don't want to, again, be Philly and just be like, okay, let's just tank for the next you know, couple of years because that really does destroy your franchise's morale, and then you're going to have a clean house again. So I, I don't really know an example of a team who really did in the middle, but I mean, I mean, this is Houston, Texas, baby. Like this is, I don't care what the media says. This is a fairly big market. So it's a, it's a big, it's a big market in the sense that they're going to have to find guys like a KJ Martin that is a diamond in the rough. Like the kid can, can flat out play. His problem is, position what is he where would you put kj martin next year on this roster is he a starter is no he a, okay so yeah he's not he, he's flourished i mean he's averaging 20 plus points as a starter he's not big enough to cover fours is he quick enough to cover swing guys is he a in my in my eyes he's a three he he's a bona fide small forward does he have the lateral quickness to cover quick guys in the Western Conference? Is he quick enough to stay with a guy like Michael Porter Jr.? Can you stick him on a guy like Paul George? Can he cover LeBron? I think he's got a lot of growing to do into his frame, but I think he's got a good shot at it. But that's the biggest thing with this roster is they've got to figure out where everybody belongs. And they've got to get another big to play with with Christian Wood. It's the most important piece to this offseason. And that's why I almost hope, and I know I'm in the minority here, I hope they come out of this draft with Evan Mobley. I like right. Kate Cunningham a lot, but I think that there's a really big risk that you're going to hamper the development of a guy like Kevin Porter Jr., who's got to have the ball in his hands to be successful right now. And if you get Cade Cunningham, KPJ takes a step back. While Evan Mobley allows KPJ to develop – into that James Harden-esque role and fills a need in the front court. Do you agree or do you think it's Kate Cunningham, that's who I want, and we're done? I mean, you know, of course there's contingent on if we get the first pick. If we get the first pick, you take Kate, you run to the stage, and you just you, you throw it at Adam Silver. Okay. Uh, I think we're, we're kind of at the point with our team where it's like, we have some young talent, but none of them have proven to be, like, transcendent enough to be like, oh, I, I don't want to draft someone to, like, clog up the positions. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, sure. I, I do believe in KPJ. Um, you know, honestly, so far, I, I think he he's more of a combo guard than an actual point guard. Like, you know what I mean? I, I haven't seen that true ability to be a floor general. And, you know, looking at Cade, I mean, he's so versatile. You could really play him one, two, three. 
Uh, I do agree with you. If if we're at the second pick, I know there's a lot of people who love Jalen Suggs. I would take Suggs, you know, at three or four. But, man, Evan Mobley and Wood would be amazing. They're both very versatile. Um, and with Kevin, with KJ, uh, you know, I think it's it's somewhat of a similar thing with him and Tate. But I think these are good problems to have. They're both oh, really sure. versatile. Um, you know, watching them, sometimes they slide KJ up to the four. And it's like, you know, when you have a – you know, a kind of athletic four, you know, he can kind of bang with them or a slower footed three, he can keep up with them. I think their biggest things are just discipline. Like Tate, uh, like, you know, when you watch him, it's like, man, this guy could be a really great defender, like that kind of Draymond mold. But discipline is what he needs to work on. KJ, he's athletic as hell. And he has the foot speed, but it's the discipline to really stick with guys. And, you know, that's experience. They're rookies. Um but yeah, I guess you know to your original point, I'm not too worried about the positions on the roster because we're just not talented enough to worry about that. I guess. So a couple things, um, Ryan brought you on as a speaker. If you'd like to to chime in, you come in at any time. Uh, uh, this is SBA. Yeah, What's up, Ryan? Uh, sorry, I, I I am sick, so bear with me, man. <clears throat> I we will bear with you here on SB Nations. The dream shakes, the dream take. You are live. What you got for us tonight, my man? I just wanted to ask you, what was your first memory of Bill Worrell? Oh, man, that's a good one. That, that's a, that is a really good one. I actually got to meet Bill Worrell. Really? Um, yeah, when I, was, when I was in college going to games. This is the first year, God, probably since I've, I was a young kid, that I did not go to a Rockets game. I, I did not go to one game this year. My dad, props yes. to my father, Lewis Brown, um, who, when they traded Harden, he called the Rockets and said, yeah, I'm done. Like, give me my money back. And I, I, I applaud him for that because he's a fan through and through. You guys think I'm a fan? I learned from the best. Um, and Bill Worrell is a guy that, to me, he's genuine. Like, he's a guy that the same guy you see on TV is the same guy you meet in real life. Um, so my first memory was watching him on TV when I was a young kid. But my favorite memory is with him – and I had a, I'll never forget, I had a beer in my hand. I, I went up, I said, you're Bill Worrell. And he goes, that's what it says on my driver's license. And nice. I said, well, okay. And we talked Rockets basketball for a few minutes, him and I, and uh, great guy. I mean, salt of the earth, went to the greatest university in all the land, if I can be biased here on, on the Dream Tech, the University of Houston. And uh, Bill Worrell will be missed. Uh, he will definitely be missed. Um, and it's, it's sad, man. It's, just, it's the end of an era. You know, and, and tonight, I don't know, you know, what you guys thought, but um, watching the interview between Tad Brown and Bill Worrell kind of yeah. put a bow on the, you know, it's 11 o'clock here in Central Time and it's been a long day. It, the, the shit storm that was James Harden. Like, James mm. Harden, the James Harden situation has transformed this organization for the next 10 years. Right. By leaving. Not with what he did. Because he never made it to a finals. You know, we're talking about a guy that never made the finals, but on his way out, his president, GM, president and GM both were forced. They left, and this this lands at the door of Tillman. Like, I can't – you can't sugarcoat this. Like, it's no longer coincidence that all of you – right, he, he, he has to spend money regardless, you know. Otherwise – uh, he can just kick think. rocks and, you know, I, I mean, it's, it, it's one of those things where we're going to bring up. 
yeah, we're going to bring up Nick here. Uh, Nick, give give us a couple minutes here with Ryan, and then we'll you know go ahead and let us know what your thoughts are tonight. But um, Ryan, you know I'm I'm torn. You know I I don't want to say I'm torn. I'm frustrated. Like on the whole, this right. year sucked. You can't look at this year and say, oh God, I can't I can't wait for next season as a Rockets fan because too much is up in the air. Too much is is in question right now. You know I can't tell you how pissed off I'll be if Houston doesn't get top four draft pick overall picks i mean they you will, will hear it from me all the way here in idaho i promise mike you will hear it from me in idaho yeah i want to you know i and and, and ryan you know first of all I, I don't know if i'm gonna be on the show on sunday but thank you and, and all of our incredible listeners for all of y'all support this year um they will get a top four pick you don't get the worst record in the league and end up outside the top four um it just won't happen like they'll be in the top four they will come out of this with one of the top four players. Um, and but, like, I know you're high on Mobley, but, you know, if 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 we do get Jalen Suggs or a Cade Cunningham, then you know for sure Wall is going to be on his way out. That's just – that's about plain and simple. Yeah. Um, Kevin Porter, yeah, you, you're right. His minutes will probably decrease just a little bit, but I kind of want to see how that – how that works on the court at the same time with those two, at least one of those two. Yeah, it's a great point. And, and Kate Cunningham is a transcendent talent. I mean, the guy, the guy's a flat out star. I, I've said it on this show before. I think he's the next coming of Magic Johnson. The way he attacks the floor, you obviously want that talent on your team. My problem right. with Kate Cunningham, and it's, it's simple, and I think it, it can be figured out, is that it, does it address a need outside of needing a star? Well, and That's one more thing with, with Mobley. Mobley is just another Christian Wood, you know? He's very slim. He's he's slim, but the, the major difference between a guy like Evan Mobley and Christian Wood is Wood wants to play on the out, on the perimeter. Mobley does not. Mobley wants to go as about as far as the, the elbow. He doesn't want to go to the three-point line. And he's a more traditional rim protector. He's seven foot. First of all, he's bigger than Christian Wood. Christian Wood is six ten. Evan Mobley's a legit seven foot. He's a seven footer. It's true. And, you know, he wants to play with his back to the basket, defending the rim, and I, he's a stud. You know, I, I think he's, he's, an he's a he's a stud. He's, he's a higher injury risk though, being tall and you know. Yeah, but. But you've got to take that chance with Evan Mobley because there's no other guy available in free agency that will be a game changer like an Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley, I mean, he's got he's 210 pounds. I think at seven foot, he needs to be more around the 225, 230 <laughs> mark. And I think Christian Wood's going to put on some weight too. But Evan Mobley addresses a definitive need for me. That That's... That's where I'm coming from uh, with it. But, Ryan, hang out. We're going to bring in Nick here real quick. Uh, but, Ryan, stick around, and then we'll talk at the end of the show. Of course. All right, my man. Nick, what you got for us tonight here on the Dream Shakes the Dream? Take the floor is yours. Um, You know, just happy that we won tonight. You know, good dub yes, for the Rockets tonight. Obviously, the Clippers are tanking to get the number four seed. But a win is a win in my book. So, you know. Um, yeah. But – what do you think? Who do you think we should re-sign, and who do you think we should let go in this offseason? Um, 
I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty difficult to let go of an owner. So I don't think you can <laughs> let go of Tillman, unfortunately. Um, I kid if if anybody of the the higher ups with the Rockets is listening. Um, not really. Um, look, I think they re-signed Kyrie Thomas. I think is the most uh, the most recent signing. I like Kyrie Thomas. A lot. Yeah, I, I I love his game. I love his game. He he's prototypical three and D in twenty twenty one. Um, I also like him for the simple fact. I think he's got a really big chip on his shoulder, uh, which I love. I think those types of guys are invaluable in this league. Right. And so I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. Kelly Olenek, I, I feel like you asked this question directly tied to Kelly Olenek. Am I correct there or no? Yeah, I was the yeah, I was one. Okay. Was one. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's the thing with Kelly Olenek. Kelly Olenek to me, is a guy that I, first of all, I would love to re-sign. Right. He needs to decide. There, there, are, there are two paths for Kelly Olenek, and that's either he wants to make, to, to make that bread, you know, get the bag before he retires, which I think the Rockets could offer him, right. or he wants to take a little less money to go play for a contender. A team that sticks out for me with him is Denver. Because I feel like Denver, if you put Kelly Olynyk next to a guy oh, like yeah, yeah, Jokic, oh my goodness. like that's the type of player that I could see next to Jokic that would be a game changer. Now they can't offer him major money because they've already, you know, they're paying Jokic, they're playing, they're paying yeah. Murray, they're going to have to pay Michael Porter Jr. But a team like Denver makes a lot of sense. The other team that I look at, can you imagine a front court of Porzingis, Doncic, and Olynyk? That that's so much shooting, man. Oh now I'm going to tell you this: that's a lot of Caucasian on a on a front line. Yeah. Okay, yeah. like I'm just I'm going to point out the 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 obvious there, yeah. but like I'm a big fan of of Olenek and Dallas. Like Dallas and Denver are the two places for me that I look at and I'm like, okay, like yeah. I'm with that. Would I um, resign Kelly Olenek? Absolutely, huge yeah. fan of Kelly Olenek, but it depends on money. I think money right. with him – like, let me ask you this. You tell me if this is out of bounds for Kelly Olenek if you're the Rockets. Yeah. I think he's going to make $10 million plus on his next contract. Year, I think it's right? going to take something like four years, $50 million to get Kelly Olenek. Would you pay Kelly Olenek that? I don't know, man. I would say 50, four years, $50 million, you said, right? $50 million. I don't know, man. I I would probably go down to like thirty to forty million, maybe for four years. For four years, okay. Four, but you I see, three years through like that wood contract. Could we offer him that wood contract too, or no? I mean, look, for, he's thirty years old. He's six foot eleven. Right. I look, and 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 people are in the chat right now saying that you wouldn't sign Kelly for four years. I think it's. If you're going to be a team – like, look at what Montrezl Harrell did this year with the, the Lakers. Does Kelly Olynyk turn into a guy that's a hired assassin for a team? You know, does he go to – does Philly find a way to get rid of Tobias Harris's contract this offseason and bring in a guy like Kelly Olynyk on a one-year, $12 million deal? Mm, that's true, you know, that's true. Yeah. Like, think about – like, that's where he's going is – Either you take a long-term contract with a team like Houston that's going to pay you $50 million over a four- or five-year stretch, or 
do you, you know, does Kelly Olynyk turn into a Jadavion Clowney in the NFL? Think about what Jadavion Clowney's doing. He went to Tennessee on a $12 million contract. Right. He's going to, uh, uh, where is it, Cleveland to play with uh, Miles Garrett, you know, to right. do that one-year uh, hired assassin deal. So does he go that route, and does he say, okay, I'll take $12 million uh, next year? Wait, and, but, uh, but Mike, with, with his role right now, or do you mean like, okay, so if we sign him, what would his role mainly be with us, like the same role he's doing right now? Or they just mentoring the young guys and keeping us afloat a little bit. What do you think would be like good for us if we do sign Kelly Olynyk today? It depends. It depends on. So what I've said over the past four months on shows here on SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take, is it all depends on the draft. Because right. if you come out of the draft with Evan Mobley, I don't think Kelly Olynyk comes back. I don't think you need Kelly Olynyk. Right. So then you pivot to. Okay, it's been brought up. Lonzo Ball is a potential rocket, which I would make me throw up in my mouth because that means that his father would be coming to town, which hard pass on that. Um, <laughs> you know, you you can then allocate, I think, some of your your money that you're going to spend to other positions of need. What do the Rockets need on sure. this team right now if they get a guy like Evan Mobley? I think you need. We need. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say um, what we need is we need another small forward is, uh, with someone with size and can help. Like how we have with um, Ariza and Covington, I feel like we should we should get that. We should try to get that this offseason too. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Ariza, but it's going to be tough to get a guy like that, like a Trevor Ariza at this point in their career, just because it's, you know, unless you're going to pay him, you know, legitimate money to come here you're gonna have to overpay guys to come here let's put it that yeah uh let's put it like that but you also you don't need a veteran on this team right now in my opinion i think you have enough if dj augustine stays i think dj augustine would be a great backup point guard for this team next year oh yeah Uh, oh yes totally man i love augustine's game one guy that i would watch out for who's a free agent this offseason is a guy named rashawn holmes for the kings who I have loved his game for a while. Young, cheap, bring him in and see what he can do. Uh, right. it, it's just well, well, I'm, I, you I know, like Rashawn Holmes, but you don't think we should keep uh, Wilson off the bench or not? Nah? I like DJ Wilson. I, look, I I like DJ Wilson. DJ Wilson to me though, and Rashawn Holmes, you know, play two different positions. Rashawn right. Holmes would be your your prototypical backup center and. Jeremy and I go back and forth on giving guys positions because we, for the most part, today's NBA is position lists. I don't agree with that at all. I think you need to establish positions throughout your roster. You need a center. You need forwards. And you need, like, one guy that I wish the Rockets would have signed because he's a star is Julius Randle. Julius Randle was not wanted by the majority of the league. I wanted so bad, man. He was perfect. He was a per- he was a perfect fit on this team when you had a guy like Clint Capella. Like Clint the perfect prototypical guy to put next to Clint Capella would have been Julius Randle. And right. the the Rockets uh, look, I I don't know how everybody else listening to the show today tomorrow feels about the direction of the team. Everybody's like, "Oh, we've got young talent, we're excited, we're this, we're that." 
Yeah, nah, fam. Like, prove it to me. Like, you're the worst team in the league. <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, I mean, I feel like the young core, they can still develop, but it's just as of right now, we have to see, like, what's going to happen in the draft before yeah. any changes should be made in the offseason. Like, we got to see what we get in the draft. If you get the number one pick, you are going to take Cade Cunningham. And then you yeah. look at – you got to look at – Kelly Olynyk tonight after the game is 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 said that he he's loved his six weeks here in Houston. Hopefully, there's more time. I I hope like gun to my head, I want Kelly Olynyk back. And right. you've got to look at the the grand scheme of things. That since trading James Harden, you you took back John Wall's contract at forty plus million dollars. But the Rockets saved $40 million in that, con- you know, in that trade. Because right now, it, right. you're going to not re-sign Avery Bradley. You're not going to re-sign Kelly Olenek right away. The Rockets have the money. Tillman showed last year he was willing to spend the money on this roster. But what is he willing to spend right. now, now that the team is in? I'm not going to call it a full-fledged rebuild because I don't think it's that. Right, because the season, we are when we traded for Oladipo, and I get people to be like, you guys lost to Harden trade and all this, but the Rockets did that trade because they still wanted to contend because our pick this year, obviously. And on top of that, I feel like last year, we'll, I mean, next year we would have blew it up because we, I think we have our pick next year, right? We do. What did you grade the, the Harden trade? What did you give the Rockets for that trade? Um, That trade, I give it um, a B plus because of the draft picks we have because I, I gave people real oh. life. Um, you just, oh, Nick, I, what I, are you I, doing? I, we were family. Listen. We were family five seconds I mean, ago. I just say, I just say, what the pick we we don't know what the picks will turn into yet, and then you can oh. also trade those picks to get a superstar player in this league. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, the, the picks they they can be useful for that too. So you know what I, the problem? I, I see what Stone does with the picks. So. Let me tell you something. All right, we were family, and now <laughs> we're still family. But now you're the cousin at the you know at the family reunion that I see once a year, and I ask a couple questions to about how you're doing, how the family's doing, and then we go our separate ways. <laughs> and I'm just look. The problem with what you just said is the Rockets can trade those picks for a superstar. Well, who's the superstar? Where are they at in their career? Who do they play for? Not sure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. You traded a, a once-in-a-generation talent. I'll tell you this. The, when was the last – the greatest player to ever play for the Charlotte Hornets was who? My, I don't uh, – oh, um, Steph Curry's dad. I forgot his name. Uh, yeah, uh, Kemba Walker. Oh, Kemba. I, I, I said, my bad, my bad, bro. You going to put Kemba Walker Kimba. in the same breath as James Harden? No, no. Okay. They've had a top five pick for how many years in a row and still can't get it right. Right. I it mean, does well, not... they, they, LaMelo Ball might be a star for them. I will say that, it, but they had they don't have another guy like us. Charlotte has never had a guy that's just like that star, star player. Unless you how much include... would you... Yeah. How much would you have loved to have had Jared Allen as a Rocket? See, I would have uh, – that's tough because I feel like when I when I first looked at the trade, right, I didn't really want Jared Allen because we had Wood. But looking back at it, it's like uh, – it's a tough decision because I feel like it depends what the Rockets think of Wood. But who I really would have liked on this team, if they wasn't hurt, obviously, it would be Spencer Dinwiddie. 
I yep. wish we could have got him in the trade, but you know, Levert is if it's fifty fifty with me with Levert. I mean, I would have taken him. I would have taken him. But looking at the trade now, I see like we could have got some more pieces out of it. But if you people keep on saying, telling me um, that since we gave the Cavs Jared Allen, that we had got the Cavs gave us Kevin Porter Jr. But um, you can't go. Yeah. But here's the problem, right? And, and Nick, I'm going to bring in Jake here in a second. Um, is yeah. you don't have any of that talent. Like, you make that trade and you get Victor Oladipo. And my, my biggest thing is that trade has salary dump written all over it. Because at the end of the season, you have no – you have nothing on the books for next year that was a part of that trade. You have nothing. Right. Right. Like, what are you telling your fans? And t- look, when when they tra- when uh when uh, New Orleans traded uh, Anthony Davis, they got talent back. Yeah, they because got now- Ingram. Uh, they got the All Star out of it, and they got some good role players out of it. We really didn't get yeah. that much. But I mean, I don't know. Would you have taken Simmons or uh, that Simmons I- deal or? I would have taken any – look, I would have taken any deal that got me legitimate talent now. Right. Because in the words of Lewis Brown, I might be dead by the time any of that talent turns into anything. Right. Like, what are you telling your fans? Like, you have to think of it from a from – a, from an all-aspect sort of angle. From this trade, you have no, – like, when you had James Harden, you, you sold the beards, you sell the T-shirts, you sell – all these different things. You can't sell t-shirts for a draft pick in 2027. People are not <laughs> yeah. going to your building next year to go watch a draft pick in 2027. Does it sound good to talk about and say, look, we got all this draft equity. We got this, we got that. Look at Boston for all the draft equity that the Boston Celtics have gotten over the past three years. And Danny Ainge has been lauded for all this draft equity, right? He's got all these picks. Right. He's got this he's got that. What have they done? How many finals have they made it to? They've done nothing. Right. Ever since Brad Stevens has stepped into the building, Brad Stevens, number one, should have never have left college. He's a, he's a college coach through and through. Mm. He, should, he shouldn't have come to the NBA. And Danny Ainge, for all this draft equity, it's bullshit. It's absolutely Exactly. Crap. And I feel like what Danny Ainge is that um, – I just had to harp on this real quick – is that he never – he always says he's going to trade for a star player but never does it. So I'm never like, does. I don't – He always like, gets scared. Exactly. I'm like, he's an overrated GM. He doesn't take – at least with Maury, people can say, he, okay, he could be overrated, but Maury would take those risks. He'll take the risk for it. Danny I don't Ainge, miss – yeah, I don't miss Maury at all. Just because he was here for 14 years and never made a finals, like it was time to move on. But right. the biggest problem I have with Maury is what has gone on around his absence. Like, what is tra- what has transpired since he's left? The way D'Antoni left, the way he left. Um, the way that uh, Tad Brown is now left, the way that Bill Worrell is leaving. It's a, it's a trend, and it's, and it's scary. Nick, come hang out with us on Sunday, my man, after the Atlanta game. All right, all right bro. All right, man. You have a good night. I appreciate the feedback. You too, man. All right, bro. Jake Mountford! What's up, man? How's it going? What is it? Like, like not, what is it, noon there? Are you sipping Mai Tais and a Speedo <laughs> on the beach, or what is it? <laughs> 5 a.m., but it's cool. It's, you know, yeah, I mean, like, put it in this way, right? Most nights of being this early, I've been seeing a loss. So I guess at yeah. least we got a win to make it a little better. You know? It's fair. It's yeah, fair. So, yeah. What, uh, I mean, look, 
Great win tonight. It, I will say it, it does feel pretty good now that we've locked up the worst record in the league. Yeah. And the Clippers didn't really play anybody of significance tonight. Tonight was for Bill Worrell. You know, like, it's sad, man. Like, I'm, I'm sad. I'm legitimately upset and sad that Bill Worrell is leaving. Yeah, me too, man. It's like, I mean, you know, those, like, those last few minutes in the fourth quarter, I was like, man, we're not going to hear this guy again. Like, never play by play on Houston. It's just crazy. Like, you know, I've, I've been a Houston fan, Houston Rockets fan now, I think about nine, eight years. And it's just, his voice has just been so, I'm so used to it at yep. home games. And it's like, we're not going to hear that anymore. It's kind of, I don't think it's hit me quite yet. But, no. I mean, watching all the stuff and seeing the interview after with Silas, man, it's going to be tough to hit, not hear him. Yeah, it's, it, it's sad. I mean, I think it's sad, yeah. number one. I'm glad he's going out on his own terms. Tonight, watching the game, I, I, I'm excited for the offseason. Like, I really am. Like, I'm really intrigued at what this team is going to do Yeah, this offseason. Let me, let me ask you this, right? Okay. When you saw – I'm sure, you know, you were watching the game. You saw the, the interview with Tad Brown and, and with Bill Worrell. Yes. Do you feel like there is a toxic – aura around the Rockets right now, like internally, like uh, outwardly, like Tillman Fertitta comes out and does that ridiculous interview about how he's excited about the direction of the franchise coming off of a Mm. 16 win season. It comes off to me that he does something like that because internally inside that place is in flames. Like that's, and I, I will go out. I will, I know nothing about it. I'm simply just asking the question that, Something is going on in this Rockets organization. People don't flee like this. Your top flight personnel, James yeah. Harden, Tad Brown, Daryl Morey, Mike D'Antoni, in an 18-month period, they all leave the organization? Like, as a fan, do you think I'm just I'm, – I'm nuts? I mean, I'm nuts personally, but, like, <laughs> do you feel like that point is well taken? Do you think it has validity? Do you think that – it's craziness, and it just so happens this is where we are. Like, what do you I, think? I mean, I don't. I don't think it's crazy because it's, it's just a bit. You know, it's a bit cool, com- too convenient that it's all happening now. Like, I there's got to be something going on, and I t- like. I think from like the coaching staff down to the team, I think they're all pretty. You know, they get on well together. I think they know what they want with this team. I think I think Silas knows what he wants with this team, and I think Ruffles don't as well. But like we've always said for these past, you know, the, like past few months is it's up to Tillman. And I just, you know, that worries me. And I think it worries you, Michael, as well. I think, as you said before, and I think what he said today is just, it's what he, want, what he wants the fans to hear. And is he actually going to do it? I don't know. And I am worried about it. And I am worried about the people leaving, like you said. Um, I don't know, man. I Well, and it's, it's also... And and I know this this is not a a huge deal, and I know probably most people won't care, but I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell people anyway. I thought what I thought about tonight was people like like you and me and Ryan and, and and all these people that love this team so much. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I just want to go in and watch the second half of the game. And the person at the window didn't even care. They didn't give a shit. They didn't give a shit. Nah. And they're like, yeah, it'll be $90. I'm like, you want to charge me $90 to go watch the worst team in the league? Like, are you serious? And I and it's sad. 
you know what? I think it's sad. I think it's, I think it's a cash grab situation there right now. Mm. Um, it just, I'm, I'm upset. You know, I'm upset about the, the current situation because it's so important this offseason. Like, they yeah. have to get it right. If you get the number one pick, um, you cannot not get it right. Is is what is what my thoughts are. We're gonna bring in Jay here. Jay, go ahead and stay on. So it'll be the three of us here on SB Nation's The Dream Chase, The Dream Take podcast. Jay, what do you got for us, my man? Hey, what's going on, everyone? Uh, I've enjoyed chatting with everybody in the room. I've never done that before, so it's been pretty good having a conversation. Um, but just really okay. briefly, um, I may be the oldest person in the room. I'm 42. So I go pretty far back. And one of the things that I vividly remember about Bill Worrell, um, people talk about, I guess, maybe him being a homer as an announcer. But it it always, you know, jived just right with all of us. Um, specifically, when the Rockets were going for their second championship in 95, they had a first-round matchup with Utah. And I want to say this was game five. Yeah, it was game five because this was like the pivotal game. And we had the lead, and Utah was inbounding. And their little homer clock guy didn't start the clock. (laughs) So the Jazz had the ball in play for about seven to eight seconds. Officials didn't notice. Like, nobody – and I could just remember Bill Worrell screaming over the teleclass, over the uh, telecast. They haven't started the clock. Start the clock. Start the clock. And I like I'll always. That's just like a vivid, <laughs> vivid thing in my mind. Like, who, why would the why would the play by play man have to tell you? You know. But uh, yep. yeah, he was he was one of a kind, and we're definitely gonna miss him. And it seems like the more years I'm putting in, man, the more people I'm like, wow, we'll never see him again. You know. So it's. Uh, it's bittersweet, man, but uh, but I, I really am. I'm gonna miss him. What do you? What do you? What do both of y'all, Jake? I guess you first. I mean the. Yeah, let me see how I wanna how I wanna phrase this. I mean, are you guys okay with what has gone on? I mean, just the overall. Do you guys feel comfortable as we get to the second to last game of the year? Are you guys comfortable with the direction of this rebuild? Like, are you guys? Uh. I'll give you. I'll give you a couple different fronts to look at. Losing Bill Worrell, I think, is huge. I, I think it's very understated how much this man means to the organization. Do you think the Rockets are in good hands with a guy like Craig Ackerman taking over? Because I like Craig Ackerman a lot. He's been with the organization for twenty years. Yeah. A guy like Stephen yeah. Cyrus being the head coach for the next three to five years. Are you guys comfortable with, you know, KJ Martin, Jay Sean Tate, Armani Brooks, like the young? guns of this team do you feel like they're in going in the right direction do you feel like mike you're an idiot like we're the worst team in the league and i mean what the hell are they doing you know burn the entire place to the ground and start over again like jay starting with you and then moving to you jay like where do, comfortability on a scale of one to ten where are you with heading into this offseason um i think there's a lot of like ways to look at it i think like with a team that's won as little as we have, I think there's a lot of positives we've got from it. You know, like the players we found, the the young players that are striving you know, with this team and they can only get better with the playing time. I, I, I don't know, because I'm obviously, you know, the, the whole uh, lorry pick 
is always going to be in the back of our minds, no matter how confident we are or, you know, this and that. And um, I think with Silas, I'm, you know, I'm very, I think I'm confident in him. Um, you know, I think this season it's shown that in these past few weeks that the players want to play for him. They like him as a coach. And Fair. It's a great point. It's, yeah, and it's like you, you, we're playing against contending teams in this like end of the schedule, and I don't think I've ever seen in this past few weeks us completely been blown out. I think it's been competitive all the way. We've come back from full, and I think Silas has to be the catalyst of that. And he just he goes he goes out with what he has players wise. I mean, we have great the record amount of players, and I just that can only mean good things. And so when a young like you know if K does come in with Silas there. I just think Kay could flourish under him and with the confidence of the other guys. And that's what makes me confident. And I think that's what is going to help me get through it for this offseason. Jay, where are you at? So I'll say it like this. It's it's a metaphor. Um, It's a big difference between just going into a showroom and deciding, okay, I'm going to buy a new car today. And your car breaking down completely on you and having to go and buy a new car. In one, there's a lot more pain involved because you didn't expect it. You got to start doing things on the fly. You got to check your budget, your credit, all this other stuff. That's what this Rockets rebuild is. We didn't expect it. It was forced upon us because Russell said I want out. Because Harden said I want out. Right. Right. But but not to not to interrupt you, but I think it's an important point to make that you can say right. I've got the most wonderful girlfriend in the entire world. I would, you know, Halle Berry shows up at my door in nothing but a trench coat at 2 a.m. with a steak dinner. I'm going to invite her inside. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. It, it, it's just it's one of those things. Management decided to trade James Harden, which will go down. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is the dumbest thing to ever happen in the city of Houston sports-wise. Right. I'm convinced right. of that. The James Harden trade is not far behind. Because I think right. Mike would have salvaged Sorry this. Sorry to you, Mike, but just let you know with the Harden trade, uh, I would have rather gotten Karis Devert in that trade package than than Victor Oladipo, wouldn't you? I Karis Levert would have been nice. Yes, <clears throat> I, I agree. The the missed opportunity there for me has always been will always be Jared Allen because I feel like Jared Allen is exactly what you needed to play alongside Christian Wood. He's the perfect guy to play with Christian Wood. He doesn't want to shoot. He wants to dunk the ball. He wants to block the ball, and he wants to rebound the ball. Like, Karis LeVert would have been nice. But let me ask you this, Ryan, and everybody else here, you know, uh, talking here on the Dream Take. You, if you get Karis LeVert, what happens to the minutes for KPJ? What happens to the minutes for Jay Sean Tate? What happens to the minutes for uh, – all the these guys on the wing that you have that you want to develop, Kyrie Thomas now too. I think Kyrie Thomas is going to be a legit fine. Karis LeVert only makes that situation worse. I feel like. Well, yeah, because we're very guard heavy right now. So, I, mean, I, I think we're more. I think we're more forward heavy. Like when you say guard heavy, who do, who are guards? You have Wall. You've got KPJ. Who else do you have? Guard DJ Augustine, I guess, is your Eric third. Gordon, uh, John Wall. Well, uh, Eric, Gordon, Eric Gordon hurts himself walking out of the shower. Like I wouldn't really worry about Eric Gordon on this team. But he's still on the team, I guess. So yeah, it, that's it, fair. It, his contract is ridiculous, so he'll be there for a while. Um, 
else do we got? Uh, I mean, you got Armani Brooks. I was going to say Armani I, Brooks is good, yeah. But, uh, I mean, Armani Brooks is not a – he's not a mainstay on this roster. Like, he's not a guy that I feel like it's it's definitive that he's going to be back. I get what you're – Ryan, what you're saying is, is 100% valid and right on. But I feel I, – I would have liked Karis LeVert, but Jared Allen is a guy that you need on this team. Like Jared Allen, okay. Yeah. I mean, Jared but, Allen is going to is going to get paid this summer, uh, but we'll see. You know, but in summary, here at the end of the Dream Take, as it is almost eleven thirty, so I've got to run. This has been episode oh god five million of the year. It feels like of the SB Nations, the Dream Takes, the Dream Take podcast. We will be back Sunday here on Locker Room. Um, for the last episode of the year against the Atlanta Hawks. Real quick, uh, 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 guess, do we win on Sunday, Ryan, Jay, and Jake, or no? Uh, the Hawks, uh, pro- I feel like they're going to rest Trey Young and Collins, maybe, maybe not. Oh, but I'm going to say it's a loss. You're gonna say it's we're gonna probably lose. a no from me. Mm-hmm. I... I will say, you know, I said, you know, I, I know, you know, uh, my brother is a Knicks fan. He wants us to beat the Hawks so that he doesn't, the Knicks don't have to go against the Bucks in the playoffs. So Rockets. I'd have to say I'd want to get the win over the Hawks just for that. Rockets will win on Sunday and end the season on their first winning streak since the six-game winning streak <sighs> earlier this year, which feels like it was. 40 that is depressing. <laughs> Make sure you follow myself on Twitter at BSW Podcast underscore MB. Follow the Dream Shake on Facebook at the Dream Shake and on Twitter at Dream Shake SBN. Follow the Goat Jeremy Brenner at J E R E M Y B R E N E R. We will see all of y'all here on Sunday, I believe afternoon. Uh, depends on the game time on Sunday. We'll announce that tomorrow. Until next time, Rockets fans. Good.